Chiefs are going to the fucking Super Bowl, baby. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Three times in four years, brother. Hell yeah. You're listening to The Bob and Bo Show. Here are your hosts, Ty Bob, Ty Bo, and Sean. Welcome back, everybody. We are back. I am Ty Bob, joined by Ty Bo and Sean. Super Bowl is here. Chiefs versus Eagles, 5.30 Central kickoff time, Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday. <laughs> uh, it's time, brother. All you jabronis out there. If only we could be watching. (laughs) I could cut WWE promos, man. (laughs) You got that good brother voice. I like it. Listen, have you guys been paying attention to any any of the media stuff going on? Every, I mean, press conferences every day. Like these guys have got to be tired from just all the coverage that's been going on and the same questions being asked every single day. They've had some pretty interesting questions out there, though. The uh, the funniest one I thought was when they tricked Pat Mahomes. Uh, well, that was saying that, that was Rihanna funny. saw that he was the that best was quarterback. So messed up. That was so messed Rihanna up. don't give a shit about quarterbacks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I the the sheer schedules that they have not not just like all the planning and prepping that they have to do, sleeping in a hotel, being away from home friends and family and what your normal rigorous grind is. You've got to be up every day and before practice and after practice, you've got media where there's just hundreds of people jam packed into warehouses to, to, you know, get all these questions asked that are meaningless. It ended up so much that we saw the likes of Frank Clark and Chris Jones, both doing uh, press interviews and having a cold, both with some pretty severe coughs, runny noses, puffy eyes, again, just a cold, but two guys that play at a high, at, at, at high volumes with high energy, not including that they're going to be around teammates all, all week before the game starts. So possibly sending that down. And that doesn't really mean put them in jeopardy for not playing, but it can in the way of like your energy level and your stamina when it comes to the game. Are you guys worried about that at all? You know, it's it's the whole reason why Devontae Smith told reporters that, like, he's sleeping in his free time. He's in the dark in his hotel room sleeping and just, like, vegging out. Um, I mean, no, I'm not necessarily worried. There's enough guys on this team that have been here before. There's a coach that's been here before. Um, it, you talk to a lot of the people that know Andy Reid, and, like, he's as calm and cool as a cucumber uh, Super Bowl week. Um, so I think that type of leadership um, is going to put the team at ease. Um, I, I do think it's a little ridiculous how much of a huge production it is, but I mean, it's, you know, the most watched thing on television. It's just this big corporate event. Um, so, I mean, th- these guys will handle it like professionals. Um, I, I don't think I'm, I'd be, you know, if anybody should be worried, it's the Eagles. I, I, their, their team, they, tore down the team and then rebuilt it to get back to the Super Bowl, but nobody on this team has been, you know, in a Super Bowl before. Yeah, so. none of them have been in the Super yeah, Bowl. Have. Only a, uh oh There's well like yeah, Jason, you've got okay. you've got a few, which right. are the core pieces. But but you you are you are correct. I I I I rescind my statement. Not that nobody on the Eagles have been in a Super Bowl. Um I think the experience does tip to our side on the scales though. Well, and and I think probably the most important portion when it comes to playoffs and Super Bowl is not necessarily like the players being veterans and knowing where they are. Yes, that is a factor, but it's more so your coaches who have been there because they're going to be the ones setting the schedule and setting the tempo and making sure everybody's kind of on pace. One of the things that uh, and, and the mentality like that sets the mentality for it. One of the things that I've been noticing from all the media days is like Nick Sirianni is there strictly business. 
He does. He's it's not it's not relaxing. Like he's not having fun with the questions that are out there. Um, for the most part, from what I have seen, he is just strictly there, straight face, just not not being what seems like Nick Sirianni. <laughs> Nick, is this a must win game? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't blame him for that though. Uh, he's he's got to soak it all in, um, and uh, at the at the same time stay focused on the task at hand. So young guy, uh, do think he's a good coach. Um, you know, I, I can't hate on the guy. I can't say anything negative about him because of where he came from. Sean, how excited are you from this whole process of the last couple of weeks? We've not, we've not recorded since the ending of the uh, of championship weekend we've kind of just sat back and kind of relaxed and, and taken a breath ourselves what's it what's it been like for you over the last couple of weeks just kind of removing from having the monotony of the podcast and just kind of enjoying and taking in everything that that all the nfl content being put out well you know to be honest i thought these two weeks would really go by extremely slow in anticipation for this week they've gone by pretty fast actually uh, I believe this weekend's probably going to go by really slow for me, but that's when it's really going to start building is Red Friday tomorrow. So, or today. There's just been so much to consume to like. Yeah. I mean, you, you, the new height stuff, like, oh, yeah. I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to say that this one wasn't rigged, man. <laughs> the way this <laughs> one worked out. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're, they've been putting out the content, which is good, but you look at the YouTube channels for both the Eagles and the Chiefs, like they've got three-hour live press conferences every single day, sometimes multiple times a day, and then all the content they're putting out. Then you've got obviously everybody else's with ESPN, Fox, Radio Row, whatever you know you listen to. They're just like – it's an overwhelming amount of content with everybody being super serious. It's nice to see some of these uh, people really have fun and not like have – real hard-hitting questions some of them are just flat out stupid i could ask a lot better questions than that but they made it here i thought it was just uh, make sure you get marquez valdez scantling's pronunciation correct get it right marquez (laughs) get it right I thought it was funny. A lot of people uh were like really thrown off when they found out that andy reed doesn't drink coffee (laughs) nope he's 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 Mormon, folks. He runs on pure cheeseburger grease. He runs on pure cheeseburger grease. There's no caffeine. There's no alcohol, but there is a lot of beef juice. <laughs> uh, what one of the things I thought was pretty neat. So I, I've I've done a, an immense amount of research over the last few days trying to compile because, like, I'm still kind of even right now up in the air on. Who's winning? Who's losing? What does this game look like? But I've got a relative idea based on kind of my thought process. And brother, um, if you're not confident as a Chiefs fan going into this game, I, listen, listen, we'll we'll get there. There, there's some there's some things uh, of some superstitions that uh, I, I want to get to, but we also do need to go back in time to relive some of these best moments. Uh, so, Tybo. I'm going to turn it over to you for this week's top five. So what the hell we got? Super Bowl 57 coming up? Something like that. (laughs) Something like that. Okay. We don't even know what game's coming up this week. It's the Super Bowl. I don't know what number it is. Don't don't make me (laughs) I'm uh, I'm coming at you with my top five moments in Super Bowl history. Um, And I just stuck with five. Uh, A lot of these are uh, during my lifetime stuff that I've seen with my own eyes. Um, I guess I can throw in the honorable mention of Janet Jackson's uh, boob getting shown at halftime. That was my first boob as a kid. Congrats. Uh, So (laughs) very memorable moment in my life. Um, But the, my top five are actual like football moments, you know, the stuff that happened in the game, not talking about the lights getting turned off, not talking about, who shook, shook the their game. ass at uh, at the halftime show? Talking about football players making football plays. You know what I'm saying? During a football game. During a football game. Number five. 
Super Bowl 16 back in 1982. It's the only one um, that is this far back um, before my time. When I read about this, I had to, I mean, I guess we've seen another one since then, but the way this one happened, the 49ers had a goal line stand against Chris Collinsworth's Bengals back in Super Bowl 16. There's some other notable uh, names on on both of those teams. Uh, Ronnie Lott uh, was playing for the 49ers, uh, but the the 49ers had a goal line stand in the third quarter. Um, the the Bengals wanted to score, went for it on fourth down instead of kicking a field goal. Uh, the score was only 20 to seven at the time, um, and the 49ers punched him in the mouth. Ronnie Lott and uh, one of his linebackers uh, made the tackle. Uh, but bef- bef- they didn't even gain a yard. I mean, they get stopped at the at the line of scrimmage. Uh, but to the defensive statement in a in a Super Bowl, it was the first goal line stand in Super Bowl history. I mean, the crowd had to have been nuts. The 49ers teams of the '80s are pretty legendary. Um, they won two more Super Bowls in the '80s. Um, one more, and then the Bengals came back to them seven years later in '89 and got their butts whooped again. Uh, Chris Collinsworth, I believe, was still on the Bengals team. Um, so here's a guy that's lost two Super Bowls to the 49ers. Uh, number four, had to have been the biggest blunder in Super Bowl history or something close to it, because how do you not give the ball to Marshawn Lynch at least once on your goal line stand or, or goal line opportunity? Pete Carroll not giving the ball to Marshawn and Malcolm Butler's interception is my number four moment. Uh, that's Super Bowl 49 in 2015. Uh, recent memory, if you're a football fan, you know about it. Everybody talks about it. I mean, come on. Dive, off tackle, toss, whatever you want to do, get Marshawn the ball and he'll get it across that goal line. That's the stupidest play call I think I've ever seen in Super Bowl history. Absolutely ridiculous. Number three. I've got a lot of defensive plays on here. Uh, my number three moment is James Harrison's interception in a fabulous Super Bowl, Super Bowl 43 back in 2009. I mean, just of, of a game. Fantastic to watch. The Chiefs weren't in it, and I had fun watching it. Okay? Like, this was great entertainment. There were so many things that happened in this in this game. You know, Larry Fitzgerald late in the fourth quarter catches a slant and runs it the distance. Uh, Santonio Holmes' catch at the end of the game. I mean, this Super Bowl was chock full of great moments. But seeing James Harrison put on that oxygen mask after having to run 99 yards and tiptoe around people and somersault into the end zone. I mean, that was perfect television. So, but only comes in at number three. Number two, this is number one on many people's lists, on just about every every list out there. Uh, but watching it, I, I believe it was the year before. Yeah, this is Super Bowl 42 in 2008. So I'm watching it as a middle schooler, as eighth grader, and seeing somebody dink. I mean, and Eli Manning's the one throwing him the ball, like to beat Tom Brady, to, to say the, like, come on now. Like that's... You couldn't have scripted it any better than that. Like, the NFL can't be scripted if shit like that's happening. Seriously. <laughs> Eli Manning. Tyree helmet Brady catch for anybody who didn't get that. The helmet catch. Do we, we, do we not know the helmet catch? If you're listening to this podcast, you better know what the helmet catch is. <laughs> you just so didn't say what it was. You just go, you just said dink, and this is an audio platform. I Did I not say helmet catch at least once? The helmet catch. The what helmet catch was it? The helmet catch. Okay. Making sure. Nobody really remembers. I mean, sure, it was David Tyree, but like you don't have to remember the guy's name. It's the helmet catch. <laughs> now, number one. I'm a bit of an underdog guy, okay? And if this team was truly an underdog, underdog in the Super Bowl or not, I mean, that's an argument to be had. But everybody, everybody thought Peyton Manning was going to get this one. My number one moment in Super Bowl history in 2010, Super Bowl 44, Saints versus Colts. 
Sean Payton lays his balls on the table and kicks an onside kick coming out of the second half, and they stun Peyton Manning. They whooped him in this that Super was, Bowl. That was great and that, that coaching decision right there, I mean, just put a big old stamp. I mean, the start of the second half, I mean, they were closing that envelope. They the note was the note was written. They were handing it to the commissioner to say the Saints have won, and that just about ended it right there. Then you add in Tracy Porter's interception. Game over. Number one Super Bowl. I mean, I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was the uh, the greatest call. I mean, I have the worst coaching call in Super Bowl history on this list. That's the best coaching call. That's if you want to beat a, a quarterback like Peyton Manning with a scrappy guy like Drew Brees, onside kick it. <laughs> His one Super Bowl, man. Don't give him the ball. That might be your best put together list I've ever heard. Thank you. Take okay. it. I've heard beautiful. Better. Wow. I liked my sandwich list. Yeah, that was, that was not that was a pretty good. Had a Monte Cristo for the first time last week. Garbage. Oh my God. Dude, get out man. of here. Now, now it's not your, hang on. It's not your Monte Cristo. So maybe I just like, maybe the rest of you get it from I a had, restaurant. Or something? No, oh, okay. this is a, is, it's a homemade healthy one. So mm. probably not, probably not. What kind of bread did probably, you use? Uh, wheat. Dude. <laughs> I, I understand. Like I said, I said it was a, it's a healthy, it was a healthy Monte what Cristo. What kind of jelly did you use? I had no jelly. Monte Cristo's don't call for Joe. That's what I was explaining in my thing. It's not. I, I know. Too, I know. Man. That's what I'm saying. Like the one that I had wasn't good, but I said you didn't make it, so it brought you know. Like I still haven't. There's had another it. name for it. It's the Cuban name for it. It's not. It's not technically a Monte Cristo. Right. We've been over this, man. <laughs> so there is a lot of superstition that goes around with players. Very much so when it comes to the Super Bowl, and obviously a lot of fans have superstitions as well. I went back to uh, to look at this one because uh, when it comes down to jersey colors, a lot of people like when it comes to the Super Bowl do have that superstition. I went back and I keep it relative. All of my stats, if they're going to go back in the Super Bowl, are going to go back to 2010. We keep it relevant um, with what's going on. Uh, so. All the way back to Super Bowl in 2010, there have only been three teams that have won the Super Bowl in colored jerseys. It's Kansas City in 2019 in red, Philly in 18 in green, and Green Bay in 2011 also in their green. Every other team who's won the Super Bowl has been in white. This year, Philly is in green. Kansas City is in white. This is the first time the Kansas City Chiefs will play in the Super Bowl and wear anything other than red for a jersey. Superstition so thoughts? So back in the 60s when we won it, we didn't win wearing red? It didn't go back that far. Like I said, it only went back to 20. I only went back to 2010 to keep it relevant. Oh, to 2010. So all of my stats that will be coming from Super Bowl stats are only going to go back to 2010. And this is this is Lamar Hunt's this is this is Lamar Hunt's favorite jersey. He loved the all whites. Oh, we got the red bottoms. We do have the red bottoms for the Super Bowl. We are not going all whites. We're not going all whites. Whoever put that on whoever put that on Twitter is a big fat liar. We're going reds. White and red. I thought we were going all whites. We were about to look crispy. Crispy man. What what what's your thought on this superstition? I don't I don't personally hold it, but I know a lot of people do, um, and the stats do kind of back it up. Over twelve Super Bowls this year, being the thirteenth, we'll have to see how this one plays out. But through twelve played Super Bowls, back to twenty ten, only three teams have won the Super Bowl that have not worn a white top. Yeah, it happens. That sample size is still kind of small for me. Yeah, that's, that's that's a quarter of the teams that have that have won wearing their their colors. I mean, seventy five percent of the teams that win wear white. Are the are the like stats super lopsided? Like one. He didn't team look at just, that. He just looked at the jersey jersey colors. I, 
I was just going. This was the There's superstition stat, it's my not, guy. The who's superstition su- stat. Who's whose superstition is this? If you say you don't There's, hold it, who have you talked? I to don't. This is- I do. There are a lot of people like you hear it when it comes to um, name them like fan <laughs> interviews. I don't know these people, man. Come on, <laughs> these guys. You use um, guys. Use Twitter guys. fingers over here. <laughs> Uh, there's also another superstition that's going around um, all the way back to 2017. They're calling this like the repeat year. Uh, so uh, the last oh, season, yeah, this yeah. last NBA this season, the Golden State Warriors won in 2017. They also won this year. I believe the same thing happened. It was in the MLB. Uh, and now we're to where the NFL is with, Philly winning in 2017. This would complete that trifecta of of the repeat year. What are your guys' thoughts on potential repeat? There's so many more teams involved in that that you it's like it's like an order that like to, it it's whatever. You there's there's so much more to explain about it, but that uh would you like to explain I think it? the I think the chief I I don't have like the research. I wasn't prepared. I this wasn't my bit. okay so but i think i think the grim reaper one five pat Mahomes is the perfect person to just put this one to bed real quick because that it's not it's just like it would be this this would be completing like the second cycle like it's not even like a complete like pattern yet it's just kind of like a coincidence so 100 percent, this is bullshit um pat Mahomes is gonna end that shit if there's anybody who could do it it's pat uh, both these teams, fantastic. Uh, number obviously number one seeds had the buy. Um, a lot of the statistics that go into the makeup of these teams and and how they've made it to the Super Bowl are also very interesting. Both the Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles have scored the same amount of points. I think it's five hundred and forty six points. Now, one of the things that's been tossed around is is that. Obviously, Jalen was hurt for, I believe, three games, two or three games. So it was possible that, you know, the Eagles could have scored more. Um, But just to run down a couple of the specialties here on third down conversion rate, Kansas City Chiefs are uh, second in the league at 48.7%, while Philly is in fourth with 45.9%. Both teams very high in efficiency and being able to get that first down when it's third down and 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 getting close and closing the distance. Both teams are able to convert. That's going to be difficult to stop for the our defenses. Uh, you can also look at the red zone efficiency. Kansas City Chiefs are second, while the Philadelphia Eagles are third in uh, efficiency there, 69.4% for the Chiefs, uh, a whole whopping 2% lower for the Eagles. Um when it comes down to first down percentages, Kansas City Chiefs are first in the league while the Eagles are actually down at sixth below five. Uh, so that can um, that can kind of change up how the schemes are going to go. We're really good on – the Chiefs are really good on being able to pick up multiple play drives and be able to pick – you know, do those long extended drives of 10, 14, 17 plays while the Eagles are – looking for bigger chunk plays, except when you look at it, the Chiefs lead the league uh, in plays of 20-plus yards. The Eagles are second. So first and second, we're real close everywhere, except we lead the Eagles by 10 more of those plays, 73 to 63. Just initially, those are are some pretty highfalutin stats of, of big plays, big chunk plays, being able to consistently drive the ball initially, what are your thoughts on how the game may play out with those? You know, I have to look into those a little bit harder, but I'm pretty sure like we haven't had as many home runs as we had in the past. And I don't think we've had as many home runs as the Eagles have this year. I've seen a lot of deep balls uh, hurts to AJ Brown hurts to Devontae Smith. Um, Pat hasn't had a whole lot of those this year. I think we do just have a lot of chunk plays um, of 20 and 30 yards uh, just over that mark to make it a big play. Um, But I think 
I think that works out in our favor. Um, get would would tend to or lead to us getting a higher time of possession um, and keeping the ball out of Jalen Hurts's hands. I think the way you're explaining it kind of uh, bodes well in our direction, or the, the scales are shifted in our direction. However you want to say it, I can't think right now. Because I'm so excited for the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think one big thing that you didn't mention there, probably not a big stat for you, but strength of schedule. According to sharpfootball.com, Eagles had the second easiest schedule. Guess who had the hardest? Don't don't bring this shit. Don't don't flip guess, flop guess sides. Who had the hardest. You two don't flip flop sides here. I've been saying the NFC is crap all year, and the Eagles are frauds. And you guys are oh, the Eagles are so good. The Eagles are this. The Eagles are that. Don't the Eagles are up. good. These don't, are the two best teams in up. the NFL right now. The Eagles are a stacked rocks roster, yeah. but the NFC. I've the, I've said it too. The Eagles the are the second best team when you have to set it AFC NFC. Are the Eagles the second best team when you get to pick yeah. from they the litter the of all thirty two teams? Yeah, I don't think they're beating the Bengals. I think they beat the Bengals easily. That D line against their O line. Come on, man! But like I said, who had this hardest, toughest strength of schedule this year? Any guesses? Yeah. Thanks for the guess. They the Eagles haven't I think the big thing is the Eagles haven't faced a quarterback that's even close to being compared to Mahomes. Like what quarterbacks did they did they play this year? That's that's been a big narrative. Like the 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 playoff quarterbacks that they had to play are nothing compared to Patrick Mahomes. A lot of people want to put Dak on that pedestal. I'm not one of those people. But Dak went off against him. Once. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like there, there are people who want to put Dak on that pedestal. If you want to, like, you're you want to talk about who the quarterbacks that they have faced, you could say Dak is one of them. If you believe Dak is one of those guys, I don't. But he did play well, uh, given that they're in you know the same division. Uh, you want to look at who else they've played? Nobody. Nobody. There's no other quarterbacks that they faced. You want to give it to Kirk Cousins? I don't think so. Aaron Rodgers, not this season. <laughs> and they made Kirk Cousins look terrible, too. <laughs> Kirk so, like, had so many picks that game. I, I, I would say Brock Purdy, but they didn't get to play against Brock Purdy because he tore his UCL. Like they're, they're, You look at this list, and the best quarterbacks that they would have faced are Dak Prescott. Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> would have been, been Dak Prescott and, and Kirk Cousins. And that's like that's and you bad. can you can go ahead and say Aaron Rodgers, but I'm not. But you can. Well, Jared you were going to say Dak Prescott, but here we are. Stop it. Jared Goff is that guy to me. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. Definitely. <laughs> so let, let's break down even more into what these teams have Just a done. Throughout the season, uh, one of the things that we have constantly talked about on this podcast is the Kansas City Chiefs' offensive line being garbage. Good. We've talked about them being not so good. Orlando Brown Great. playing bad, playing himself out of one contract. of the best offensive line units in the in the league. One of the best offensive line units in the league. As much as we've harped on Trey how Smith, bad that Creed they've Humphrey, been, Joe they Tooney, haven't been. Best we've mid three up- in the whole game. We've given up only 26 sacks this year. Just good. Third, third best in the league. Pat's also pretty good at scrambling. Yeah. <laughs> he, is. he is. Well, but you say that and you look at the Eagles and you're like, okay, you've got a running quarterback, a quarterback who definitely would be able to drop back and run away from those issues because Frank of knows his abilities. Frank yeah, knows no, exactly what to do this game. The Eagles have given up He's 44 not be able to sacks this season, which is 11th worst in the league. And Jason there's Kelsey a lot of people stuck. out there that think the Eagles have a like a fabulous offensive line. Not like good. they tout. I mean, Kelsey's great, sure, but I mean, Skip saying he's the best center in the league. Like Lane Johnson, even with an injury, is like one of the best. Like uh, uh, Coward putting Lane Johnson 
uh, in like the top 10 best player, top 12 best players in this game right now. Like they think that offensive line is fantastic, but I mean, you just, you just pointed it out. They're, they're not the best. I, I think our tackles are our weak spot and that's where your premier pass rushers are. But um, the, the combination of who's on our offensive line and Pat being able to shift around a little bit, you know, we got a good thing going on offense. Uh, offensive, I think offensive line should definitely, you know, if you're going to do greater than, less than, you, you should say the Chiefs offensive line is way better than the Eagles offensive line. You'd have to. And, you know, the, the grades do show that when it comes to rushing ability as well. So not only have we given up the third least amount of sacks, uh, when it comes to rushing yards, you know, we don't have that many attempts when it comes down to it. 107, almost 108 yards per game, the Eagles to 146. Yet we come out with a higher yards per carry on less carries while they carry the ball 30 times a game. You know, a, a predominantly rushing team is not really putting up that many rushing yards in the game, 146. And then to top that off, they're only passing the ball for 223 yards a game on average, but we're putting up 280. But when it comes to putting up the yards, we're smoking these guys, offense or uh, rushing-wise and passing-wise. I, I think it's just like the caliber of play that they have. Like they can hit home runs. The They have talented people at skill positions. You know, they're, they're running back by committee. Um, while the numbers aren't there, they still have athletes back there that can make plays at any given time. Um, they they've done what they needed to do to win in the NFC. Like they 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 had a insane record. Like this this their number one seed in the NFC. Okay, they live to rush the ball from the clock out. So they get up early, they hold them on defense, they keep rushing the ball. Granted, you're not getting a whole lot of yardage out of that, but still, that's where their low yardage comes from, pretty much. It's low yardage, but they're still almost averaging 30 points a game. Obviously, the, we have both teams have put up the same number of points this season, so we both average 28.7 points per game. Almost 30 points a game, it's not like they're running – for small or, or, you know, like to run the clock out, they are still going out and being able to put up four touchdowns per game. I, I, if we were going to grade rushing attacks, considering what we've done in the playoffs so far this year, I'm giving it to the Eagles because you have to add Jalen Hurts into that equation. Um, but I, I am like, I, slyly said earlier, like Frank Clark is going to do a great job setting the edge. Um, I think uh, old old uh, old timey Spags uh, knows what to do with the running quarterback. There's very there's very basic fundamental things that you could do to stop a rushing quarterback, and I think he he had plenty of time to get that stuff put in. And um, I think the Eagles' rushing attack is better than ours, but I think that'll be able to be mitigated. I'll get into the defensive stats here in just a minute, but I, I really want to focus on kind of what this Chiefs offense can do, given the numbers that we just talked about. Um, part of that coincides with we've got no injuries. Obviously, Kerry McColl Hardman is done for the season, been placed on injured reserve, while Clyde Edwards-Alaire has been activated, will be active for the Super Bowl, will be Clyde's three-touchdown game coming up. <laughs> Super Bowl MVP. Uh, oh, that's man. that's oh, also man. really good news because Juju is back. Legarius has cleared concussion protocol. Kadarius Tony was pictured at practice today. Legarius, Kadarius, Musnarius. KT was uh, had no wrap ups on his ankle. It was there were no braces, no nothing, and he was able to practice uh, fully uh, as of today. Uh, there was only one light participant, which was uh, Legarius Sneed on Thursday's practice. We look good. Uh, everybody else on the uh, on the Eagles as well. Uh, some uh, pretty much everybody light practice for them could have just been one of their days. Uh, as far as injuries go, not too bad. So, what should we be expecting from the Kansas City Chiefs this 
Super Bowl Sunday. Give me your call-outs. Give me your shots. The offense, what are we looking for here? <laughs> Look, don't expect Kadarius or Juju to make it through this entire game. Pat's Pat's going to spread the ball around. I expect Clyde to catch. I, I expect them to have a couple of specific plays for Clyde. Clyde's going to score at least a touchdown in this game. I think this is going to be an actually huge game for Pacheco. Everybody's talking about him right now. They're expecting him to be the breakout player, as am I. Look for him to catch a lot in the screen game, get started a little bit in the run game. If he busts a few out, he's gonna just going to break them all off. Every run he has, more than three yards. Calling it now. Maybe two behind the line, but everything else over three yards. But he's going to get at least five catches for 60 yards. I'll be I'll be honest. We talked, you know, Tybo, you were saying uh like don't expect some players to play full games. Uh I'm gonna the biggest player on our offense who's gonna have the most impact outside of Isaiah Pacheco and obviously uh Patrick Mahomes uh is gonna be Kadarius Tony. He's gonna walk away I with sure hope least, so. He's gonna walk away with at least one touchdown in this game. I would go as far to say he's probably gonna walk around with or walk out of there with over 50 yards receiving probably going to be six seven targets like this guy is going to be one of the guys that Patrick Mahomes leans on who's going to be open and getting open uh and we're going to probably run a bunch of weird wild setups to throw this smart Eagles defense off uh he, he he's going to be one of those guys I would also go as far to say Travis Kelsey will have a touchdown uh, but expect him to have under 80 yards receiving. We're going to see some plays that we haven't seen before. We're, we're we gonna, usually do when be, it comes to to Andy yeah. Reid offense in, in postseason. So there's there's going to be there's going to be something that's been you know ready to be put in the offense like almost all season. And he's like, "We're here, boys. Time to pull it out." Some really weird motion on one play, for sure. Uh, let's just ju- uh, let's jump over to the defense real quick, um, just to go through some numbers of how the season has wrapped up. The Eagles' defense, uh, which is uh, top five in uh, points allowed per game, twenty point two points allowed per game, while the Chiefs have only allowed twenty one point seven. So we're right there for as bad as. We thought the defense has played throughout the season really not that bad. And I'd like to compare some numbers here because we've only allowed 101.9 rushing yards per game, whereas the Eagles have averaged 146 yards per game. So it seems like we may stifle them a little bit if we can stick to our guns like we have been. While the Eagles allow 113 rushing yards per game, and we hit about the 107 mark, so maybe we'll see a little uptick in Isaiah Pacheco and how he's able to be efficient come on Sunday. Uh, as well, when it comes to passing yards allowed, we give up 210, uh, where that's probably about where they're sitting at, at the 220 mark, and they only allow 162.5 passing yards per game where we average 280. Now, we've talked about it a lot. Their defensive line is fantastic. Their DBs are great. How does, like, with those sorts of numbers, looking at how they cause an effect there, how do you think that outlook is between rushing uh, and and, uh, passing for our offense and their defense? Yeah, look, I think the running games are going to be pretty moot in this game. I don't think either side is going to gain the edge through running the ball. Um, this is a new age NFL. We have Pat Mahomes on one side, and you have a really scary receiving core and a talented quarterback on the other side. I'm not really going to praise Jalen Hurts too much because I don't I don't believe him believe in him as like a longevity franchise quarterback. I think he has a lot of great weapons around him right now. Um, and a pretty stacked defense um, to go with it. Um, 
said it all year long. I think the Eagles have the most stacked roster in the NFL. Um, but I mean, we got Pat Mahomes, dude. Uh, he may throw a pick or two this this game, but his I think he's going to come close to breaking some like Super Bowl records for yardage. Uh, maybe even throw seven TDs more than. Uh, oh man, I had it. I don't know who threw who threw t- six. You're saying right now that Patrick Mahomes is going to throw for seven touchdowns? Uh, Steve Young, that's what it was. Steve Young threw six TDs in a, in a Super Bowl. Yeah, Pat Mahomes is going to have seven passing touchdowns. And a couple of them are going to be like little dinky, like one-yarders to the running backs, like McKinnon, Clyde, Pacheco. Uh, but yeah. Underhand tosses, you know. Under, yeah. It's, it's going to be a wild scoring game. It's going to be no forward on a jet sweep. No, like I said, Pat might throw a pick or two. They've got some good corners and safeties. They got. How they have are you going to throw a pick or two and still have enough time to throw seven ha- touchdown passes? Because our defense is like going to get the man. ball back. Yeah, our, our defense. They're they're going to score quickly on sometimes. They're, they're going to have a strike or two. Uh, they're going to have some quick possessions. Um, they're going to have some three and outs. Our defense is going to get to Jalen Hurts. Our, our defensive line is going to get to Jalen Hurts. He's not going to be able to run all over us. So the way I think it plays out by the numbers, I think we end up with a lot more passing yards than what they average and actually what we average as well. Pat's going to have a humongous day. They're not going to get Four, close to the 457 touchdowns. Minimum. Two interceptions. But there is no way that they're going to get to their numbers. I just don't see it happening. Our defense is a lot better than most defenses that I've played recently. Niners, they just got into a shit show last week. And one thing about their quarterback, last time he was playing in an end-of-the-year game, he got benched at halftime. Can he <laughs> handle the pressure? <laughs> That's the last time, man. I mean, I mean, if Frank Clark's, gonna, Frank Clark's going to be out there and be like, where's Tua at? So then let's do the same thing. Let's jump over to our defense, given those numbers. It's it's looking like by our average numbers, we could just shut down their run game. I mean, that's it's only 40 yards less than what they average on per game basis. But if we're able to even stifle or stuff that run game early, like we generally do, they're going to abandon the run game and it's going to it's going to go downhill for them. How do you how do you think that affects our defense being able uh to make them one dimensional possibly take away the run game from uh, uh Jalen Hurts altogether. Look, I I know I've been saying they're not going to run all over us, but the Eagles it's just in their DNA. They're not going to abandon the run game. I don't think I don't think it's going to be like a total domination in the run game either by our defense. Um, but the Eagles are going to be forced to pass in a lot of situations and they're going to make some of those plays. AJ Brown and Devonte Smith, the things that they can do on offense, you know, they're going to make some plays out there. They're going to score. They're going to, you know, probably have a home run or two, you know, AJ Brown, is, is probably going to beat a rookie out there once or twice. I like that you brought that up because I wanted to bring this up to Sean. Uh, I, you guys both know that I am not a Spags fan. I don't think any of the three of us here are. Most people aren't these days. But I would like to point out when you go look at the film for Steve Spagnuolo as a defensive coordinator, there is a scheme that he does the best against. And it is a vertical passing scheme. And you just talked about it, Tybo, is what this what the Eagles run is a vertical passing scheme. They get AJ Brown and Devontae Adams north. Devontae they Smith. Have the, Devontae Good Adams, God. Devontae Smith. Find me. Uh they have we them run north. And then uh obviously they also got a really speedy guy in Quez Watkins. They do. And they've got Dallas Dallas Goddard Goddard in the middle who can, who, who doesn't do the vertical scheme. He's going to be through the middle usually in in some sort of crossing pattern, but it is a vertical scheme. And that is where Steve Spagnuolo is his best because he can dial up those crazy blitzes that we've been seeing 
all all throughout the season, and that's where he wins the ball games. This is one of the better matchups that we could have asked for having Steve Spagnuolo as the defensive coordinator for the Chiefs this year in this specific situation. How do you feel about that, knowing we're going into a game, Sean, where we're playing to our defense's strength? Or oh, I love him? that. Especially with our rookies performing last week against Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. We got some experience with that last week. Looks like Snead's going to play this week. What more could you ask for? These guys are coming into their own right at the perfect time. And our defense is thriving with that. Love to see that. Ready to see what they're going to do on Sunday. Turnovers differential is not very good. Uh, We were negative going into the playoffs. After the playoffs, we are at finally back to zero. We are not negative. We're not positive. We are finally flat. Thank you, Joe Burrow. (laughs) (laughs) While you look at the Eagles and they're plus 12. A little disheartening on our end, but uh, like, Tybo, I mean, you've you've talked about it. <laughs> we're gonna ha- we're gonna turn the ball over at least twice. What does it look like for our defense? Like, are we just gonna be getting some three and outs here or there, or do you guys expect us to be able to come up with some fumbles and hit Jalen in the backfield and and maybe get some strips? Like, what is what does this look like? We're gonna get a few three and outs, but we're gonna get one fumble on Jalen or a running back. And two interceptions off Jalen. I I don't think there's much of a chance of that happening. To be completely honest, uh, the 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 level of play out of the rookies in the secondary has been great in the playoffs. They were getting their best ball, and that's wonderful. Uh, <laughs> the Bengals game last week or two weeks ago is not the. Uh, status quo for our defense okay guys we're we're gonna play tough we're gonna make our tackles i like don't expect us don't expect willie gay nick bolton to be missing a bunch of tackles out there like we're gonna play a physical game uh we're not gonna let them run all over us like jalen hurts won't lead the eagles in rushing yards but i like it's it's not gonna we're not gonna have it two interception it's just not I don't think we'll have a two interception day, but I think we will have a two turnover day. I could see us walking away with a fumble of some sorts, whether that's strip sack or one of our linebackers making a big hit over the middle. I I could see that. Uh, I I would say, I think we can walk away with two the way that the defense has been performing in this postseason. couple more things I wanted to get to here. Um, one of the bigger talking points that's been thrown around for this Super Bowl and for for the season as a whole is the ref officiating. And Roger Goodell got up on a podium and was asked about his officiate the officiating for the NFL this season. Uh, and he answered it by saying, this is the best it's ever been, which is clearly a bold faced lie because he's covering face as that's what his job is supposed to be. Uh, the biggest issue we have is probably one of the most egregious referees in the league. And Carl Sheffers and his crew are going to be refing this Super Bowl. It's his second Super Bowl in three years. The last time uh, that he did a Super Bowl was Kansas City Chiefs versus Tampa Bay, where he threw nine first half penalties. I believe it was even nine first quarter penalties against the Kansas City Chiefs as we got routed by Tom Brady and the Bucks. Uh, but I did go back and I looked at uh, I, I looked at um, some of his penalties, and it was kind of jarring. Uh, he leads the league generally in penalties given, uh, no matter if it's home or away, just combined. This year alone, he's given over 10 penalties on average per game. And he's been doing the playoffs. He started uh, as a as an NFL referee back in 2009. Since then, I believe uh, he's uh, done, uh, it was either 12 or 13 playoff games, uh, which is quite a few. Um, in that time from 2009 up into uh, this year, 
his average penalties per game given are ele- uh, 12. Rounding up, it's 12. 12 per game, which means that he likes to interject himself and make himself a name while he's on the grandest stage. Are you guys worried about look, Carl look, Sheffers and his God's crew at all? sakes, Carl Sheffers, you don't have to make your quota in this game. He has plenty of calls that when you look at, you look at the replay, multiple people, like probably the majority of the people that look at this, what just happened, they're like, why are you throwing that flag? Please only throw your flag if you have to, okay? It's like get it through the crew's head. Like it's not, it's not your game. This this is for us, okay? We don't want to see penalties. The NFL wants offense, offense, offense. Viewership wants offense, offense. Touchdowns, touchdowns, touchdowns. We don't want to see yellow laundry on the field. Please don't call it unless you have to. There's going to be a couple of egregious things here and there that we we know we have to see penalties for, but a weak defensive pass interference, like there were some really shitty calls against the Chiefs, and like not all of them were shitty calls, but there were a couple that were really bad in the Chiefs Super Bowl against the Buccaneers, and we can't have that. There's some bad ones. I don't, I don't want to see it again. That's one of Sean. That's one of the things that like we see constantly when it's in the regular season is there. There's usually more penalties uh, on average in the regular season than we should be seeing in the postseason. We want them to get mistakes out of the way. We want them to be able to be ready when it comes to the big game. Why is it with this specific crew? And it's not. I mean, with most other crews, they they let this play. Like we ask the refs and the NFL to allow these guys to be a little bit more physical, let them get away with things because this is more of a nuance than it is in the regular season. You've got top skill players going against top skill players against top skill minds. Why is it with this specific guy that we're seeing this on the biggest stage and how does it impact the game? Well, it all comes down to Carl Sheffers does not understand the moment ever. I like this guy. Like, come on, man. Realize it's a Super Bowl. Realize they're going to put everything they have on the line. This could be some people's only time to actually ever play in this game. Let them go out there and give it their all. Don't call the ticky-tack shit. I know we love to, but just understand that this is the Super Bowl, Carl. Figure it out, Carl. 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 Come on, Carl. Carl. Is there anything else? I, I I've got some numbers that I've crunched and wanted to talk about, but that's when we get into our pick them. Is there anything that you guys wanted to talk about uh, before we get into that? It's the Super Bowl, baby. There's a lot to cover. Mm, It's exciting, man. You guys are set. We're set. All right, then. So I want to, before we get into our pick them here, I want to reiterate in the last 12 Super Bowls, only three teams not wearing a jersey color of white. Do you think that's going to matter for our pick, though? I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, you think I'm we're going to pick the Eagles? It's not just for you I'm guys. Gonna I'm talking Eagles? to the fans. I'm just ta- I'm talking to the fans. Are you I'm picking saying, the Eagles? No, no, no. Hang on. What are, are we, you picking what are, the Eagles? Dude. What are we wearing? What are we wearing, Tybo? We're wearing are you white. So that, that doesn't matter at all. I haven't made my pick, pick yet. No matter what. Are you picking the Eagles? Why are you asking? We haven't made it to pick them yet. Pick them, bud. Are you picking the Eagles? You're up. Why are we talking about this? There are other numbers I want to get to. Sit down. Shut your mouth. Know your role, you jabroni. I know my role. Chiefs dub, okay? Make that two. The Super Bowl winners going back to 2010 have averaged a score of 29 and a half points. The losers have averaged 18.6 points. Well, I there's gotta been get seven a- touchdowns in here, so I'm. It's we're gonna score at least forty nine <laughs> points. The average total points scored in Super Bowls since 2010, so over the last twelve Super Bowls, is a combined forty eight and a half points. Wow! The average I w- shatter that. So I the average Patrick's gonna kill that by himself. Forty eight and a half points. That includes two Super Bowls with Patrick Mahomes. So. The reason I want to say that is yes, we do have our pick'em, but 
we are picking the scores of the games. And so right. those may those may influence what your scores may be. They didn't at all. <laughs> all right. Well, it's good to know that yours are going to be totally overblown. Blow me. No, no, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Going, going back oh, to yeah. championship weekend, the both of you tied. Going back to the divisional round, Sean won. Since Sean won... What? Most what are we recently? doing? Yeah. I won Pick'em. I won, won the whole won thing. Recently. It's not over. Pick'em's not over. What do you mean? I got the pot of money. <laughs> the season's not over. I'm I'm going. Tybo, where Just, do you want to pick? I don't care. Where do you want to you pick? You want to go first? I'll go you, first. You no, go Ty Bob goes first. So we can hear him pick the Eagles because okay, that's what he wants yeah, to pick. Okay, yeah, Bob, I'm going second. Okay. Well, the Chiefs play the Eagles in Phoenix State Farm Stadium on Sunday, 5.30. The Eagles are one are you... and a half point favorites. <laughs> Get to the point, man. I'm picking the Chiefs to win this one, bring it Thank home God. another Super Bowl. We're going to win this one 32-27. to 27. 32. Excuse me, 32-29. to 29. Okay. Hmm. Listen, it's Super Bowl 57. The Chiefs are going to score 57 points. 57-33. This guy. <laughs> Seven touchdowns from Patrick Mahomes. Seven <laughs> touchdowns from Patrick Mahomes. How, how do they get to 57? I'm not going to go through all that <laughs> crap. 57. 57. One rushing touchdown, one two-point conversion. I like it. <laughs> Uh, no, we're gonna have a couple miss. We're we're gonna have a couple uh, uh, missed extra points in there, <laughs> but nobody's gonna care because we're winning. Because <laughs> we got fifty-seven points. <laughs> we have fifty-seven points. <laughs> Obviously, Chiefs are gonna win this game. We're gonna go uh, forty-two to thirty-three. These are high-scoring games. So you yeah. guys are saying the average of what the Super Bowl is, is just going to get completely bumped up. Obliterated. <laughs> yeah, we don't care about those numbers. We are an outlier. I would outlier, love to see it. Thanks it's, to this is a dome outlier. game, man. Outlier. You're forgetting it's a dome game. Outlier. Out. Thank you. You learned. <laughs> just for you. Dome game doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean it. We thought it meant something. Patrick, Patrick Domes. Are you serious? Patrick and Domes? Patrick getting dome in a dome? What's what's the difference in Patrick Mahomes playing in a dome? Because we thought that that was going to be amazing when we played the Lions the first time, like three years ago, and we played like junk. Patrick has that never lost in a dome. I didn't say we were losing. I'm just saying. Patrick has never lost in a dome. All right, these guys. I get it. 17 and 0, and we're winning open. the Super Bowl by exactly. Now. <laughs> Listen. What? A lot of stuff going on. <laughs> the media has been subpar as it usually is. And there's a possibility that I walk away $700 richer with all the bets that I've placed. Good for I... you, bud. <laughs> I thought he was saying something. He's got a sneeze going on. I'm excited. I don't know. If... Oh, yeah. You guys are in Missouri, too. Uh, well, Tybo will be over here. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe he can play some bets while he's in Kansas watching the Super Bowl. I'm not. I don't think that's going to happen, man. This guy. This guy. I, I bring bad juju when I bet on my teams. I, I, it's not. I'm not going to do it. I like it. That's all right. Fair. Got a hell of a game ready to go. I'm excited. Kelsey Bowl, two, clearly the two best teams in the league. Two best offenses in the league. A lot going on. Make sure that you come back and check us back out when the Chiefs win the Super Bowl on Tuesday. Maybe Tybo gets to take off work on Wednesday after we win. We get uh, we get to go watch a little bit of Super Bowl parade, maybe? Uh, oh. It'll be a beautiful sight Ooh. as everybody joins together Ooh. down at the fountains at Union Station. Check us back out next week. We'll catch you next time. Always remember, go Chiefs! Go Chiefs! Chiefs.